Hello and welcome to another episode of That's So Random, a random movie podcast. I'm Heath Lambert. I'm Carrie Claypool. Wow. That's usually the part where I say, this episode my guest is. You paused, so I took advantage of it. Fair enough. Yes, Carrie's here. And we're talking about Yellow Brick Road. One word from 2010. Yeah, Florence is here too, I'm sure. She'll make her presence known. Uh, you know what? For a half a million dollar budget horror movie, pretty good. Yeah, I I thought the same. Up until the last uh, two minutes. <laughs> yes, it's as though they had this fantastic idea for a movie that's pretty scary in some places. I mean, I I was I was riveted and scared definitely. And then it's like they didn't know how to end it. Yeah, I don't know if it's that they had a good idea and didn't have an ending so they just tacked on the first thing they thought of at the end of the day or I mean, if that was what they intended from the whole time then they really needed to lay more track to get there because exactly. it kind of feels like it comes out of nowhere yes it doesn't really i guess there's so much there's so much build up because the, the journey is so good to have the destination be disappointing is kind of but you know the journey's still really good yeah but yeah, it's, it's a lot of build-up for what's what's going to be there, what's going to be there, and then the thing that's there is kind of lame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, especially with, you know, I thought it was going to be something much darker and horrific with some of the scenes that were, like, with the body. Uh, you know, I won't get into too much detail since mm-hmm. we're not there yet, but I definitely thought it was going to be something really shocking and horrible. Yeah, and the, uh, the the Wizard of Oz references are a real scattershot, <laughs> real here and there. We get a big one that's, you know, and it's, I mean, it's called the Arctic Road. But. Yeah, I thought that was strange, too, and I think it kind of had something to do with the time that the original town left, so. I was just, I, maybe I was just expecting, since we get such a big scarecrow thing, I was expecting a cowardly, a cowardly lion thing and a tin man thing. And we never got that. Yeah, <laughs> so. and I was definitely expecting the lion. There was a part where, like, oh, the lion's coming. Like, when they were in the woods, I just thought this would be a perfect place for this part to come in, and it never did. But yeah, overall pretty good. Nobody really in it that you'd be super familiar with, except for the actress who plays Aaron, right? Yeah. is Cassidy Freeman, who I know her as Tess Mercer from a bunch of Smallville. But she's on that, now she's on the right, Righteous Gemstones, and before that she was on Longmire, which are both very popular shows that I have not seen. So, so yeah, she's done well for herself before and after Yellow Brick Road. Let's get right into it. Uh, we start out with some text at the beginning about Friar, New Hampshire, 1940, the entire town, everyone in the town, just walked out of the town into the woods on this trail and not vanished i mean some most of them vanished but some were found slaughtered some were found frozen from the elements and so it's been this mystery this urban one legend. person yes, there's one survivor who we hear uh the police sort of audio tape of he keeps covering his ears and saying like can't you hear it can't you hear it so he wasn't very helpful <laughs> to their investigation i feel in the town there are people living in the town again but it's certainly probably not like it was and it's always yeah it's just cloud it's for what 70 years it's been clouded in mystery it's become this sort of urban legend that no one really because the investigation became like classified or something and we have kind of our main character teddy barnes he's a writer i guess he has had a book out before because they say something about another book but we don't really get into that 
And he is arriving at, I guess, some sort of records building where he's finally, someone has finally given him, he's been trying to get the records and the case files and stuff that's sealed about the case, about this town, about the mystery, for a long time so you can write a book about it and everybody keeps shutting them down and telling them, you know, either you can't have it or you should stay away from that <laughs> real, you know, don't go down there kind of thing. Uh, but this guy who is shrouded behind, and I guess we'll come to guy. find out why. Here's where, this is kind of the only tie-in to the ending because the guy who gives him the records finally, but what is this mysterious building he's in? How did he get the summons? There's not enough... And not only everything's spelled out for me, but there's not enough explanation. If that's going to be your ending, yeah. you need to explain this beginning a little better. Because... Yeah. Well, and then you can't even see this character very well in the beginning because he, the glass he's behind, it's like cloudy and dirty. Yeah. Yeah. But he gives him the records, finally. And as he's leaving, he says, enjoy your picture show, Mr. Barnes, which is like a spooky, like, okay, what did you say? And you don't think much of it until you get to the end and realize what, you know, what that guy's... Yeah. Well, I guess you'll never know what that guy's all about, but that it's the same guy anyway. Yeah. But, but yeah, I just don't know as far as the supernatural element of this. Like, did the whoever this guy he decided like enough? I waited long enough. I'm gonna reach out to bring more people in by way of this guy who wants. Like, how do you know the, you have access to the records office? Weird ghost usher. Like, I don't understand just the setup of it and how it pays off is murky mm-hmm. as all hell to me <laughs> yeah as murky as the glass he was yes. hiding behind so then we meet uh teddy's wife melissa and their friend walter who are kind of his <laughs> partners in this melissa well he comes home and he's like i don't know if he was it, did he just finish school to be a, there's something about teaching because walter's like those who can't teach or whatever so i don't know he's teddy's giving up a job as a teacher Oh, yeah, that part was, that was confusing. Yeah, I just kind of didn't really... But he's like, what if, but what if we could write another book? And I'm like, oh, shit, does he have it? Does he have it? So they know that he's been after this for a while, and he pulls out the big fat case file, and they start going through it, and they're celebrating, putting maps together, going through the yeah, going through the file, figuring out what they're going to do. And then sometime, we, we hear voicemails that their book proposal has been accepted, so we get to work on the book, but also voicemails from, like, townspeople i guess in friar who were like who the fuck do you think you are don't come here stay out of our town leave us alone <laughs> you know, a couple yeah. of those which they ignore right but definitely yeah a movie. I mean, yeah there wouldn't be a lot of horror movies if the first time somebody was like here's your warning yeah stay away you don't want to go to that farm okay we'll go somewhere else <laughs> movie's <laughs> over <laughs> that camp is haunted oh we'll find a different one then so they've, Teddy and Melissa have put together their crew. They're meeting at a restaurant. And we get sort of introduced to everybody. There is Cy, who works for the, Cy Bainbridge, who works for the Forest Service. He's sort of required to come along and take them. Before you keep going, so I was very interested in this scene because, A, I needed to know who the characters were, right? Mm-hmm. But B, why are they introducing themselves in such a way the day they're leaving? Do they are they just now meeting each other for the first time? Is everybody strangers? That's really I just thought it was yeah, strange. Why would idea. you be They've hired this guy and this guy okay. from separate sort of places and, and they're meeting? Together. How did they hire them? That was my other question. I was thinking, right. where on earth? You just put out a. We need some surveyors. We need a. And they have all the money to pay them 
for an indefinite well, amount their, of time. Their book proposal was accepted. Oh, I so suppose. I assume they got some sort of advance. That would make sense. Yeah. Anyway, so anyway, I just thought it was such a strange scene because I thought if I'm going to go on this trek with all these people, I would definitely want to know who they were before the day I leave. Like, well, they probably just had to get whatever you know, yeah. map makers, whoever's close and available. But their side who works for the Forest Service who has to kind of be there, not guide so much because there's no, there's nothing to guide. But they just need a forest professional, like <laughs> knows his way around the woods to help them live. Tell them what's safe and what's not. There's Daryl and Aaron Luger, who are brother and sister. They're surveyors. They're map makers. They have a I wouldn't say adversarial, but he's really, he's kind of a jokester. He doesn't take much seriously. And so they're, you know, they butt heads a little bit until they butt heads a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Things will escalate uh, badly. Yeah, they make maps. There's Jill, who is Teddy and Melissa's intern that they've hired to just be like their assistant. But she's also kind of the medic. Like she has medical training or CBM. Some kind of first aid stuff, yeah. The minimal sort of first aid training and CPR and all that stuff. And then Walt is coming with, he's a behavioral psychologist. I thought this was an interesting character. Yeah, he's kind of the one character in the movie, well, I guess Melissa to an extent too, that doesn't get, that kind of maintains himself for the most part when everyone else is kind of losing it. Yep. He's kind of the voice of reason that no one listens to for the entire movie. Yep. But he's devised a system because it's, I guess part of the legend is, oh, if you you know, because this all these townspeople went on this trek and they all lost their minds, so there's something going on here. So just to be safe, we're bringing this behavioral psychologist, and every day on video, he's going to test all the crew members with like psychological questions, like you know, what's your first memory? Tell me, say the alphabet backwards, make gibberish sounds or gestures until I tell you to stop, just to make sure that they're not you know brain damage or some you know. They still have their mental faculties at all times, which winds up not being super important to the movie, but an interesting idea anyway. So they follow what they have GPS-wise. Jill's walking around with the GPS thing. And the info, according to the info they have, the trail ends, what's known, or at least what they know of is the trail, ends at this little movie theater, the Rialto, in, in Friar. And they get there, and they're like, well, this is... Immediately, they're like, "Well, it's all over. Like, if this is where the, if this is the trail. Like, was this all hokum? Like, this doesn't make any sense. Why is there just a movie theater here? This can't it." And they go in. There's a belligerent ticket seller. I did. I guess Friar is just it's the small town that is like their one thing they're known for in history is this big tragedy and mystery. And so they're probably you know they probably there's probably been eight Discovery Channel or Travel Channel crews have been there doing different shows. Like, they're, they're probably just, sick of strangers yeah. coming yeah. in and <laughs> interrupting their life and digging around, looking for stuff. They, I would would probably feel the same way. Sick of it. But this guy's like, you guys want tickets or what? <laughs> <laughs> yep. You know, and Teddy's like, okay, is there, but do you know of a trail? Because the trail can't in here. Like, is there a trail around? And the guy's like, it's $10 for a movie. What do you want for and they almost are going to get in a fight, but Teddy sees, everybody else is like, I guess we're done. Well, let's just go outside. Forget it. But Teddy sees the, there's a girl behind the concession stand who like gets herself a bag of popcorn and sort of is giving him the eye to come hither, not in a sexy way, but. Like, I have something to tell you. Yeah. In a spy way. And kind of sneaks off into an auditorium. 
So he pays his ten bucks to get a ticket. He doesn't say what movie's got. Maybe they only I, they probably only have one movie at a time in a theater like this. But he goes in and sits with her in the auditorium, and she's like, "Hey, my my grandfather worked here at this theater. He got me a job here at this theater. I know what you're looking for, and I know why you're here." Takes him upstairs to the projection booth, where they she says they still have a 35 millimeter print of Gone with the Wind, which that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> sell that thing and get out of this town yep but but also that there's one projector that has he's going to kind of sluts with it and she's like i'll leave that alone that's the day the people of friar walked out of town the wizard of oz was playing and it just kept playing and playing until it like burned through and like warped the film so you can't even and, it yeah the film was like shredded yeah yep so and she's like I, I know the trail you're looking for i can take you to where it starts it's marked by a stone sign out of it's out of the way that says yellow brick road I can take you there. This girl is, her name is Liv. Yeah, and she's like, I, I will show you where the trail is. I know what you're looking for, but you have to take me with you. And he's like, yeah, I don't think so. She's like, look, I have my own camping gear, but you don't understand this town fucking sucks. <laughs> I not anything to not stand around selling eight, the same eight people popcorn. Like, please take me with you. So he agrees because she doesn't have a choice because their GPS isn't getting them anywhere. Yeah. So she does. She leads them to where the this trail starts. I don't as they go through. I don't see until the very end. I don't see much of a trail. It kind of just seems like they're wandering through patches of woods and barren like fields. So it's yeah. certainly not a marked trail, but yeah. And she said something about how um, where the trail starts, where that sign is, is like where they went to intentionally be scared and drink and stuff. Yeah, like, because yeah. It's, yeah, everybody in town knows the legend, so teenagers will go out there to drink. Like, ooh, we're in yeah. the, this is the spot, you know. But no one ever actually goes like follows it into the yeah river. but so they get there they don't get too far they camp the first night and there's a bit of the first scare they're sitting around the campfire and you can just see someone like standing by a tree kind of a little bit in the distance it takes everyone else like we notice it first before they do and uh finally somebody notices it's like oh shit what is that and it's but it's just daryl who went off in the woods to pee and found this hat it's like an old-timey hat that he has on and they're like, hold on, though. This hat does not look like it's been laying out here for 70 years in the weather and stuff. Like, it's kind of beaten up, but it's not. Yeah, it's, it's not disintegrating or... So th- this can't be, like, from the original. And he's like, okay, but maybe it's from somebody who's, like, here now. Yeah, which is, uh, to me, scarier. <laughs> that, that is scarier. <laughs> Daryl's immediately, like, just wants to wear this hat all the time. Yeah, he, he seems to have uh, an attachment. He says that they need to protect it. Is that what he said? He says yeah. something... Aaron really wants him to not wear it. He's like, well, how, what better way to, like, if this is a historical artifact or whatever, what better way to protect it than to wear it? Yeah. Like, what am I going to do? Shove it in my back. He's like, I have to protect the hat. Yeah. So. Yo, he says, must keep the hat safe. And the way he says it is just like this spooky, spooky. <laughs> I must keep the hat safe. It's kind of the first sign of something going on. Yeah. And this is where they also introduce the candy, which is another thing that comes up later. And I just thought it was interesting how everybody was so excited about, it looks like parade candy. Like the suckers, like suckers and, <laughs> and the hard candy, and, and everyone is just like, ooh, 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 they're so excited about this candy, and I just thought that was a strange... Well, provisions wise they basically, I mean, they probably only bought, brought, like, beef jerky. Right. And, like, super Trail mix, yeah. So, candy is, I guess, a treat, but yeah. Yeah. Melissa just... brought a big bag of, like, suckers, and she's like, let's ration these out, like, everybody can have, like, two with tops. Yeah. But Liv tells everybody that night that, like... It's not so much what 
when when the town when all the townspeople fire got up and left, it's not that they left every everything behind that's weird. It's what they took with them that's weird because they yeah. all dressed up in formal wear and took an old photograph with them <laughs> on the trail, like not survival gear, not you know. Yeah, why the formal wear? And that's a question that never really. Because they're going to a show, a picture show, <laughs> or something. Yeah, that's that plays into the ending and how kind of unsatisfactory it is, but. The next day, their GPS is doing all kinds of weird stuff. They keep checking with Aaron, and they're kind of making like a funny game out of it. They're like, Aaron, what's your GPS say? And she's like, oh, it says we're in Florence, Italy. And they, yeah. Florence. And they're in, Guam and, yeah, Guam and Melbourne. Australia. So the GPS is useless. It's telling them they're all over the place. So that's not helpful. And then they start hearing very, very faintly music, or sort of on the wind. And they're like, where is that coming from? Like old-timey music, like forty yeah. music, like you would hear on a phonogram. Yeah. Just on, they're catching it on the wind from far, far away. And that's spooky. That that was a very spooky. But as they get, as they travel on, it begins to get louder and louder and louder as the movie progresses. Yeah, and he's ha- and, and and then the psychiatrist is having them. They're peppering in all these interviews in between, and I had a thought when they were he was having one of them do the alphabet backwards. Like, I, I don't think I could do that. <laughs> Just It's a normal human. Like, I'd have to sit and think, Z, Y, you know? And he, Wait, Well, that's why it's a test. I guess. I just thought it was a, such a strange... I noticed in that that she missed O. Oh. She missed the letter O as she's going through. <laughs> so he should have seen something else. But, yeah. But nobody's... You know, and she, but she really... And that's Liv, and she really seems to... She's so paranoid that they're going to kick her out of here. Uh-huh. That she's like, because at first she's like stumbling that she can't do it. And he's like, it's all right, you know, I got enough. And he's like, no, I'm going to finish it. So she like powers through and like, you know, <laughs> despite him being like, you really don't have to. It's fine. But she so wants to like. She know, she has something to prove that she she's a valuable part of the team. Yeah, They have a meeting sort of, we don't get too much of a time frame, but we know that, I mean, they've walked miles and miles and miles. They've walked a couple days anyway. And Teddy calls a meeting because they haven't seen anything yet. This music is getting louder. And Teddy sort of has a little huddle meeting where they discuss the possibility of, like, of turning back. Should we turn back? Is that, you know, and the consensus seems to be, there's maybe, like, one person who's like, yeah, maybe we should. But everybody else is like, we're this far. Let's figure this out. We got this. This isn't too crazy yet. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that they want to know where the music is coming from. That's definitely Yeah, everyone's very curious at this point. What is something's going on? What's going on? And they throw some sort of theories around like oh is this like the fbi messing with us like piping this music in this psychological warfare like are we being followed by other townspeople are punking us is this an act of god and everybody kind of laughs you know oh ridiculous yep it can't be something supernatural so and then yeah sort of during the act of god conversation um and he's like, well, I think like maybe it's is it possible that that's what the townspeople of Briar thought? It was like at the end of this path, they're like gonna meet God or something, or the, you know, the Wizard of Oz, the G, you know. And they ask somebody asks like, okay, but you know, if you get there and that's what it was, what would you ask? Because you could ask for one thing, right? That's the whole wizard's yeah. thing. And Daryl's like, yeah, but remember in the movie that <laughs> the wizard was actually like a little bald douchebag, like it didn't. <laughs> but they ask Walter and Walter says and this is foreshadowing or something later he says that's a deeply personal question and then does not answer <laughs> so whatever it is that he wants most he's keeping it close to his chest for them. Yep. Yeah, shortly after this they say that they've gone 65 miles and they are 5 days away from civil, from the town or from anything Huh. which that's 
Like, I know there are places still, probably even in New Hampshire, that are unsettled for it, you know. But unless this is a national park, like, I don't know how you travel 65 miles into the woods and not run into anything. But, again, is that is that part of the mystical nature of it that, you know, yeah. outside of reality almost now? Or is there actually a place in New Hampshire that you could walk for 65 New miles and not see anything? not a big state. That I, 65 I mean, miles seems like a lot. It does. <laughs> But. I mean, I know that there'd be places here, but they, they're, you know, deeply forested and yeah. state lands, you know. But there isn't even, like, telephone lines or cell phone towers or but also the, known as a cell phone. Yeah, <laughs> but the trail that they're walking along, it seems like it, there used to be a road there maybe, but what it reminded me of is the trails in the woods that go over where the pipelines are. Like, I, I used to have a piece of land up northern Minnesota, and there was a... Uh, there was a pipeline that that crossed it, and when you walked through the woods in that part of the land, that's what the trail looked like, is what the trail that they were work- walking on. Because where the pipeline is, all the trees have been removed, and the pipeline just runs right through there. So anyway, that's that's what the trail reminded me of as they were walking along it. I didn't it. even see much of a trail. Because when you say trail to me, I picture like this is like worn down ground that people, you know. There was trees on either side and then grass in the middle. Because there's parts where they're just like in a forest. Yeah, there's there are. parts where they're just in an open field. Well, the parts <laughs> where they're walking and there's trees on either side and it looks like about the size of a road, that part, those parts reminded me of where pipelines are. So, yeah, the music is clearer now, louder now. It's getting, the further they get. They decided, like, well, the music is definitely coming from the end of the line, the end of the trail, whenever, like, wherever that is, whatever's there, that's where the music's coming from. Could it be that the townspeople of Fryer are just there? And somehow, with satellites and planes flying over that no one has noticed, like, they just walked for days and then just set up a new town for no reason, and that's where they are. And they don't want to be found. Right. So they're trying to scare people off. That thought crossed my mind. That would be a... (laughs) <laughs> that would be a cool yeah. yeah it would definitely but be a cooler ending maybe not realistic i was expecting to find a little town with a bunch of people wearing really old worn out clothes. formal wear <laughs> it's like a reverse <laughs> the village kind yeah of but then there's a day when the music goes away and teddy has a meltdown while he's being while walter's giving him his sight test on camera that probably you know it's probably partially exhaustion but the thing he says is like where did the music go i want the music to come back that was spooky why that's, would you want that yeah, back? I was like, that's a weird thing to say, <laughs> buddy. You're right there. But also, but the music is also like their sure sign that something is going yeah, on. Yeah, like, hey, we're way. we're on the way to something. Because yeah, he's like, did we just all imagine it? Imagine it, I said. Imagine it. Sai alerts everyone to, he's got a handful of berries. He's like, hey, everybody, these are nightshade berries. Bad berries. Don't eat these. They're poison. And Daryl's squishing them. Yeah, he's like, I'm not eating them. Squishing them. Berries are for squishing. Daryl's a real he's jerk. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's like a middle he's schooler. Like a, he's just sitting there popping these berries. Yeah, he definitely he's reminded me of like a lemon juice here. all over your fingers, so that's not great either. <laughs> no. So, but yeah, he definitely he takes time out to do that. And Daryl has, I guess nobody knew about this, but Daryl has brought along a bottle of booze and a paper bag that he's like, hey, can we just, you know. And they decide, yeah, you know what? Let's have a party tonight. Everybody get a little drunk. Daryl and Cy can have their... They've been busting each other's balls back and forth about who could build a higher fire. So they have their fire building contest where it has to get to a certain height to like burn a string or whatever. So they finally get to do that. And the party is seen through like 
just like black and white stills that flash up. Mm-hmm. And with those, there's little moments of people saying things that are sort of strange or out of character. You real strange things. Yeah, I, I didn't understand where that was supposed to take us, but... I think it's just little moments of, as they're getting drunk, they're saying things they maybe wouldn't ordinarily say. But we don't yeah. necessarily even see who is saying it or... Yeah. So it's just, it's setting an atmosphere. Yeah, because I suppose the, the alcohol would make you lose your inhibitions. And so instead of being on guard for maintaining that level of sanity, yeah. they're, they're showing how they're slipping. <laughs> After the part of that night, so Teddy and Melissa are sleeping in their tent. And their tent opens and it's Liv in the middle of the night. And she's like, hey guys, maybe she's drunk or maybe she's just feeling, I don't know. But she's like, I lied to you guys. My grandpa did not work at that theater. I'm just... I just live in Friar and it fucking sucks and I want to get out of there. And that's why I wanted to. I don't necessarily have good information for Like, I knew where the trail started and that's about it. Yep. So, sorry I lied to you, but I had to get out of there and do something because another day, mm-hmm. you know, shoveling popcorn and I would have jumped off the bridge. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and they're like, it's cool, man. Just go to sleep. No problem. Well, and they did say something like, yeah, we know. When she says, I lied, yeah, they're like... kind of figured out that she hasn't been terribly helpful. Yeah, yeah, we know. We know you lied. We were catching on. And that's sort of the last remotely normal moment this group gets to have. Because the next day, and here's where the horror starts. <laughs> and it was unexpected and good. Yeah, it was. It was very unexpected Darryl and good. Daryl is... And maybe everybody is hungover, who knows. But Daryl, Daryl's being a real dick to mm-hmm. his sister. He's like, you look he's, like shit, you know. She's he's like, just pushing like, every... What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Pushing every button. And he like, he does something that makes her sort of jump and she drops their pathfinding <laughs> device. Because they've been keeping track this whole time of like where the trail splits off and things and which way they've gone. Their little surveil- sur- land surveying equipment, yeah. yeah. And he's like, did you scratch the mirror on that? You know, and he's yelling at her. She's like, no, it's fine. And he's yelling at her. And then she's yelling at him like, will you take off that fucking hat? I can't stand it, you know? And eventually they're kind of pushing, shoving each other, and she grabs the hat off his head and runs up a hill, and he chases after her. And when he gets to her, he tackles her and starts beating her head against the ground. And Daryl, or not Daryl, Walter, Walter, kind of hearing something, grabs the binoculars, because there are ways up this hill. And he's like, what the hell's going on over there? So he's the only one who sees what's going on. He's seeing through binoculars. Everyone else is occupied, you know, discussing the day or whatever. And Daryl picks up a rock and smashes the leg bones in Aaron's one leg so that he can just pull it off with his bare hands. He rips her leg off. <laughs> it was a terrifying scene. I was... And you're seeing it through... It's cool because you're not seeing it up close. You're seeing it just through all your binoculars. You can't even and, hear it. Yeah, and it was really... And you're like, what is going <gasps> on? It's really yeah. intense. It was intense. That's the word I'm looking but for. But he smashes kind of like... 127 hours where the guy smashes his arm bones so they're easy to cut through. Yeah, he smashes her leg with his rock a couple times so that he can just grab her by the foot and just yank her leg clean off. Yeah, and then he's like taking handfuls out of her well, cheek. Yeah, first he grabs a handful and rips her cheek off. Oh, that part over like hat. oh yeah, over a hat that but was like sibling sibling rivalry. I think he had a moment of like oh shit. Yeah, you know he already came to himself. But so Walter's like um guy like grabs everybody like fuck you know and tells him what's going on daryl yeah kind of realizing what aaron is dead mm-hmm. she's, she's dead yeah just staring into nothingness daryl runs off leaves the hat there runs off into the woods the group is pretty incredulous at first like well you must have seen something walter is that teddy and jill the intern go up there or maybe live but they come back and report to everybody like yeah she's dead <laughs> 
At which point, then there's a way too short discussion about, okay, well, fuck this. We need to turn around and go back. Mm -hmm. But they realize Daryl has the map book. The book he, yeah, book the book with all of together. the coordinates in that tells them how they got to where that they're at. Not only, yeah, that would lead, let them find their way back home. He has with him. So mm -hmm. you have to go find him. So Melissa's like, take the knife, take the machete, go get Daryl. Yeah, get Melissa back. really seems to take charge at this point, And I kind of liked that. I liked seeing yeah, that Melissa's side of her. She, she really kind of says, okay, you're going to do this, we're going to do that, and this is how this is going to work. Because Teddy's just kind of... He's a little in a daze, because he yeah. realizes he just got someone killed, kind mm -hmm. of. Because <laughs> this is his this expedition, is yeah. Even going to be worth anything. You don't expect that to happen. Yeah, so they yeah. send two to go look for Daryl, and then they're discussing what to do. Well, Jill is... And Teddy Jill says... Jill is useless. She's just sobbing. She's, yeah, she's a wreck. <laughs> But Teddy says something about he needs his book. He goes, I need my book. And at first I thought he was talking about the trail map book. Yeah. And then I realized, no, he's talking yeah. like, and, and he, maybe he's dazed because he's thinking, how can I turn this into my book? But this woman just died. And yeah. Yeah. So that part was kind of a little psychologically Yeah. Catching. He has a level of obsession about this even before getting mm -hmm. here and being affected by what I was affecting people. Right. But yeah, so that, that fight escalated quickly. <laughs> mm -hmm. So Cy and Teddy head into the woods, being, I guess, the two, because Walter's not like a tough guy. Walter's a psychologist. Yeah. He's behind with the women. And they, and it's cool. I like this because they find, they, they track Daryl down, and you're expecting, like, oh, it's going to be some kind of fight. He's going to charge yeah. at him out of the woods, and they're going to have to kill him, or he's going to get one of them. But when they find him, he just has, he's hiding behind a tree from them with his head against it crying. And he's like, I think I did something bad. Yeah. Like, he has woken up from a bad dream. And they're like, yeah, we know, buddy. But, like, people who love you will forgive you. It's okay. Come out of there. And he comes out and he's like, you guys should tie me up. Mm -hmm. Like, it's his idea. Like, I don't know. I didn't mean to do that. I don't know why I did that. But I'm probably going to do it again. So you guys should really tie me up. Mm -hmm. Which is, I thought that was cool that it wasn't this big, like, confrontation. That it was him having a moment of... Yeah, that was unexpected. And, and it was really, it really, I think, added to the, the whole scene. And they seem very, like Teddy, to talk him, kind of talk him out, Teddy seems very, you know, nice and understanding to him. But that night, when they're around the, he, they have Daryl tied up to the tree, and he's like, God, I can't feel my hands. These are, like, the ropes are too tight. Can you loosen this a little bit? And Teddy goes over and he says, I don't care. And he pulls the ropes tighter. Uh-huh. Like, Teddy's really, like. He's not going to let someone else get killed. <laughs> well, but he, he seems, like, mad at Daryl, which yeah. I understand. I, yeah. But. <laughs> he was just—he was so nice and before when he needed to talk him out of it. And when also when they first get to where Daryl's hiding, Sai says something. He's like, "Hey man, I get it. For days now, I've been thinking about killing people too." And Teddy kind of looks over and I'm like, "Is he just saying that to help get Daryl off behind the tree, or is that legit? <laughs> it's legit." But, uh -huh. So that's not something you want to hear someone say. No. Yeah. So he tightens the ropes. And then he's talking with Daryl. He's like, okay, you've got to talk me through this book so that we can find our way back. It's time to go. Yeah. And Daryl's like, no, the book is absolutely useless. He's like, what do you mean? All your numbers are here. And he's like, yeah, but they don't mean anything. Like, the things that we wrote down where it says it should be something, when you actually go look, it's the wrong thing. Like, not we weren't purposely messing mm -hmm. it up, but the numbers, like, the numbers are useless. The numbers to get here are different from the numbers to get back is basically yeah. what he was he explaining. Says, but I have it mapped out what I think it'll be going forward. Those numbers will work. Those numbers will get you to the end of the trail mm -hmm. where you want to go. But the numbers to lead you back out and back to Friar, that's absolutely useless. So 
that's not good. <laughs> so now, I mean, at least in Teddy's mind, they have no choice but to keep going, mm-hmm. even though all logic would say it's time <laughs> you should, to head back. You head back, but they almost like can't, literally can't. But yeah. Also, no one has any cell phones. No one has. I mean, there wouldn't be service anyway. But they've got their walkie-talkie. Yeah, they have walkie-talkie, and that's it. They have no sort of any way to contact. You know, emergency services or any kind of anything, which it seems like poor planning. Then you wouldn't have a movie also. So sure. it is what it is. And Teddy rips the last page out of that book and puts it in his pocket, which, which no one knows about. So that he's the only one, you know, at the end of this, when it's all said and done, who can go that last stretch mm-hmm. that Daryl has figured out to get to the end. At this point, the music is so loud that they have to, like, put cotton balls in their ears because it mm-hmm. hurts. It's hurting them just old-timey music is constant non-stop it's so loud and then it starts these bursts of static start coming through that like literally knock them off their feet as if an earthquake is happening mm-hmm. it's just like these static bombs and it's hurting them and they have to like so they're trying to like stumble up the trail and one of these will hit and they'll fall over and then they get back up so like they spend a couple days a real punishing misery yeah they just it's keeping them from finding their bearings yeah and it's just torturous but they get to a giant sort of blockade, a wall of like branches and tree limbs that's a good like, 20 feet tall. So whoever built this, good, you know, good for you. Yeah, it was huge. And it had, it looked like it had chunks of sod and earth in it too. Yeah. So it's, yeah, almost like a dam or something blocking, yeah. blocking the path. Attached to which, because earlier, I mean, obviously they, they kind of just had to leave Aaron's body where it was. Liv went and marked it. She got she it because they have big... a, like a little, it's not a bear cat. What is it? It's like a golf cart. It's it's like, it's like an like ATV. It's like a six wheel ATV. Yeah, that they're gonna that they've been carrying their gear on, and she took that over and marked where his body is with like a bright pink sweater or something. Yeah, she stick. tied it on a stick so that authorities later could find her body, I guess. But someone has moved it because attached to this wall that's blocking the or branches that's blocking the path is Aaron dressed up like a scarecrow, with her arms like like the scarecrow in the movie pointing like across each other but pointing both ways like in two different directions so it's not actually pointing anywhere and, and as they're looking at her her bottom jaw slides off which is oh that was a, a real creepy good, it's a good icky effect. yeah and this the bright pink sweater is up there too yeah so someone yeah i don't know so it seems like there must be people out. and i wish that that would be explained who moved her who do you think moved her well i mean it's got to be this usher because he's the one we see dragging melissa well we'll get to it but yeah i mean spoilers but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, not not a lot of explanation, which usually I don't need, but I don't know. I just I enjoyed the journey so much. that. Yeah, yeah. But during, while everyone is sort of reeling from this and also still getting bombed by these static bursts and stuff, Daryl escapes. He cuts himself loose, takes the machete and the ATV or the golf cart and just takes off. Then the, the music and the static and the sound stop long enough for them to actually have like a conversation and... Basically, at this point, the group splits up because Teddy's like, well, we got to keep going north. North's the way we're supposed to be going to get to the end. Melissa obviously is going to go wherever Teddy goes. And but Sai is like, nope, I'm taking Liv with me. We're going to go, what haven't we tried yet? I don't know, west? We're going to go west <laughs> because we don't know. We know we can't go back south because we're lost. And you guys are crazy for continuing to go north. Yeah. So we're just going to cut through the woods west until we hit something. And I'm taking Liv with me because you never should have brought her in the first place. She has no business being out here. So we're going to split up the gear. I don't even have my machete now because that lunatic asshole ran off with it. 
But I'm done with this. I'm done with it. Yeah, that that seems to be a reasonable well, plan. Well, it's wandering off into the woods where you don't know right. where you're going. That part's not reasonable. That part's but not reasonable. I guess he finds but... it preferable to continuing towards the... Because, yeah, something insane is, had, is going on. Uh-huh. And he's had enough. Yeah, so Cy and Liv depart. Daryl's off on his own. So we have Teddy, Melissa, Walter, and Jill the intern are left together. That night, it's like, it's not storming like raining, but there's like lightning. And up up on a hill, way in the distance, it's a cool looking shot. At whenever the lightning flashes, you can see someone in that hat standing up on, up on the hill. Just like this little silhouette far away. And Teddy's staring at it. And Melissa climbs on top of him. And to keep him... Because she knows that, like, oh, he's going to run over there. So she climbs on top of him and starts having sex with him. And she's like, no, look at me. Stay here. Mm-hmm. He's too far away. Don't listen. Don't look. Like, stay here with me. Yeah. And, like, has sex with him to keep him there. Yeah. And then, cool. and then she says, where are we now? She's making him stay yeah. oriented to where they're at now. I thought that was an interesting little trick she had, like. Where are we now? Yeah, she really, she took charge in a lot of ways that I thought was pretty admirable. Yeah, well, because she's, because Teddy's the, she's the co-author of the book and she Mm kind of organized all this stuff. Teddy's the main author and the photographer. So they're kind of, yeah, they're kind of been eco partners. Yeah. Kind of the whole time, which is cool. But as Teddy's kind of losing it, she's maintaining it, so. A bit more. Yeah. But she wakes up the next morning. She thinks she's like, got him. (laughs) <laughs> corral but she wakes mm-hmm. up the next morning and starts screaming because he's gone she wakes up and he in the middle of the night snuck out somehow and left he is gone over the wall because when when the argument was happening i forgot to mention when the argument was happening size gonna leave that whole discussion was happening teddy climbed up that branch wall and looked over and he could see a very clear path unlike they've had so far and he's like oh shit that's it so he had seen what no one else had seen so he has gone while while everyone was sleeping. Teddy has climbed over that wall on his own. He all he has the last page that nobody else has with the sigh and live wandering through the woods, and just been walking and walking and walking. The sun won't go down. There's a, she makes a comment about the sun should be down by now. Like it should be darker than this by now, right? We've been walking like forever, and he's like, I don't know what to tell you. Weird shit's happening. But she has a handful of those nightshade berries, and he's like, look. Like, I know I said they're poison, like, and if you eat a, a shit ton of them, yeah, they will kill you, but, like, if you just eat some, they'll get you high. And that sounds fun, but that's a dumb shit thing to do right now. Uh-huh. trying to, like, survive in the woods, and she's like, I don't care, and she starts eating them. She offers some to him. So he, he eats them, too, because now they're both high as a kite, laying in the grass, rolling around, happy as can be. She's can I yelling, touch like, your I hair? love this forest. Yeah, and he's like, can I touch your hair? Sure. <laughs> and they're yeah, they're walking around. They're laughing at chipmunks. They're laughing, you know. But then when they're they, coming they down, decided to go out out in style. You know? Yeah, but then when they're coming down, <laughs> before that, they're walking along. They've been laughing. They've been getting along. And Sai says, "I'm gonna kiss you now. Is that all right?" And she goes, "No," and walks off. <laughs> I liked that and scene. He's like, oh man, <laughs> even high. Back with the sort of the main group, we have. Um, so it's just it's just Melissa Walter and intern Jill. Melissa's worried about their dog. She's like, yeah. She's like, we left the dog with it. Like, there's a dog. There's a lady who's coming to feed our dog. But she's gonna think we're home and we're not. And the dog's yeah. gonna. We told her we're gonna be back this day and to stop coming. So she's not gonna bother to check 
and our dog's going to start there. <laughs> yeah, she's just going to wait at the I door. Mean, concern, and, I guess. Yeah. I would be worried about that too. Jill is trying very hard to keep her sanity. She's wandering, she's walking behind them, like covering her ears and just like going through like her memories like, oh, this is the first boy you kissed and you touched his face, like trying to yeah. keep her shit together by maintaining herself. I thought that was a pretty smart uh, strategy to keep her sanity. And those sanity. camp that night, Melissa pulls out like, look what I found, Nobody, it was in my stuff. We didn't, didn't split know it up, yeah, had. yeah. She has the bag of candy. Because they really have to like ration this, and she's like, "Okay, like they have to ration this." So here's, you know, here's one for everybody. But when they go to sleep that night, Jill gets up and eats all of this. Uh huh. And she's shoving it in her face, like where she's. Yeah. How is she not choking? She's lost it. Yeah. So the next day, we don't see any sort of argument or anything about that. But the next day, we see Melissa and Walter walking, and Jill is walking way behind them, and they are not talking to her. Like they are just. I like not, how they handled that. It was they're nice. They're not leaving her behind per se, but like they're also not waiting for her. Like she's way behind them, and they're just walking. And you know why? And she's yelling at them like, "I'm sorry. I said I'm sorry. I don't know what else I can do." And they're ignoring her. And she stops and looks over to the side of the thing, and you're like, "Oh, what's she see?" And then she walks over and just walks off a cliff. Mm-hmm. There's like, a, well, not a cliff, but like a a big. It was like ravine. a big ravine, yeah. And she just walks off, and Jill's dead. And we don't see it. We never see, I assume, either Walter and Melissa eventually notice and feel bad, or they just kept walking and never know what happened to her. <laughs> I have no idea. Because we don't see any scene of them like, no. seeing <gasps> oh, jump no, or seeing she jumped. Like, you know. Next time we see them, they're just walking all out. Like, so either they didn't give a shit or they're... Or they're just so far gone now with all of yeah. this insanity. Back with Cy and Liv who have come down hard from the nightshade berries and they're exhausted and lost and losing it. And Sai says that he's starting to understand Daryl. I'm starting mm-hmm. to feel like he felt. He says, I think if this music doesn't stop, I'm going to do unspeakable things to you. Which, good for Sai that he voiced that he, rather than keeping it to himself. Yeah. Like, he doesn't want to do that. No. So he lets her know, like, hey, Shit's about to get bad, <laughs> but I'm not going to be able to stop it because there's this music is driving me, has literally driven me crazy. So you need to tie me up, and you're probably going to need to kill me. <laughs> she's like, I cannot do that. And there's a weird moment where she's like, What do you want me to do? Stab you? And he's like, he says, No, I don't want my blood on that knife, which I don't know what. That what means. is so special about that Maybe knife? It's like, yeah, it's like his, they never explained it. Maybe it was like his dad's knife or something. I don't know, but he doesn't want to be killed with that knife for whatever reason. He's like, no, you're going to have to, like, snap my neck. And she's like, I don't know how to do that. It's not like in the movies where you just whip. He's like, no, you just hold and grab my neck and you twit, you know. And she goes and has a long think about it while he's tied up. And he's and he's like, I'm probably going to plead with you and beg with you not to do it, but just do it. It's like, don't listen to me. You don't know if she's going to do it or not. She's having a real hard time with it. But she comes back and he's, like, screaming at her. And she grabs him. She t- I think t- in that her. moment she realizes if he's not tied up, he is going to kill me now. Because the way he was screaming was not him. Yeah, it wasn't screaming, like, for help. It was screaming, like... I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Yeah. And it takes her to try... The first time she does it, she, like, twists his neck, and he's just like, ow! (laughs) Like, it's (laughs) kind of funny. But then the second time she gets him, she snaps his neck, and so Sai is dead, lives all alone. Walter and Melissa are off on their own, and the song that is playing now, the old-timey music, has Walter's name in it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is an actual song or if it's a song they made up for the movie, but it's something about, like, come and see something Walter, blah, 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 Walter. And he's like, that's weird, right? <laughs> Just don't listen to it. Well, that. your name is Walter. Like, that's pretty common, yeah, right? Yeah, for an <laughs> old time. 
He's like, yeah, maybe. And she asks, they're kind of sitting in front of this little cave. They've stopped to rest. And Melissa asks him, like, why didn't you ever find anybody? And he doesn't answer. And it dawns on her. She kind of puts, finally, puts the pieces together. She's like, you've been friends with me and Teddy for, like, forever. And it dawns, and, like, she realizes the unspoken thing he's never said is that he is madly in love with Melissa. And has always just kind of been on the sidelines, you know, pining for her. Yeah. And you think that they're going to, this is a moment where they're going to, like, kiss but he just like leans his head against her head and it's really like it was kind of like sweet yeah because even still like teddy's his friend and he's not gonna even in this crazy situation he's not gonna like make a move that he shouldn't yep i thought that was sweet kind of seems like maybe she would have gone for it if he did but we'll never know so right after that scene we have melissa waking up and walter isn't there and she follows sort of she goes walks a little way a little ways away from where that cave was and finds that he has slit his wrists and he's left notes says, I'm sorry, watch the video. He's made a video for her. This I found weird. It was creepy. Like I understand the sentiment of it, but it's also it's a lot to put on your friend, especially uh-huh. this woman that you love. Because he's like he's on the video and he's giving himself the test and he's like, I just don't like I don't want you here for this, but I want you here for this. I don't wanna like I'm alone, but I don't wanna be alone. So if you could just watch this video while I slowly <laughs> while I slowly bleed to death until I'm gone, it would like be comforting to me. Which is that's a lot to put on Melissa. Uh-huh. It's a lot to put on anybody. Making her watch that. Watch she me does. die. Yeah. And she watches it until the camera battery dies. Yeah. And then so she gets on the walkie talkie and it's a cool scene because you don't she's trying to talk to Teddy on the walkie talkie and all he hears is static. So they, they have a conversation with each other that neither of them hears. Because she says stuff to Teddy that he all he hears is static, and then he says stuff to her that, for other reasons, she won't be able to hear. But like, so we get to have them having a their last conversation with each other, but they didn't actually hear each other yeah. talk. But she's on the walkie-talkie. She's like, "Teddy, do you hear this? Like, why in the world do you think that if you said I'm going to keep going, I wouldn't have gone with you? Why did you leave me behind? I would have gone with you." Mm-hmm. That was sad. And then she's sitting there. And what at first you, what you think is a voice on the radio is not a voice on the radio. It's Daryl. She goes, Daryl, is that you? And he says, yes, I'm in the cave behind you. It was so spooky. <laughs> that <laughs> I was not expecting. And I was like, oh. Yeah. Like, so he is in the dark cave. He's been there who knows how long watching. And, and he's like, you should run. And he's like, She's, are you going to kill me? And he says, yes. Like, he's not pussyfooting around. He's like, yes. And She's this like, was. Why does it have to hurt? And he's like, it just does. You better run. Even with my, like, because he hurt his leg at some point. He's like, with my leg, you, you, might, get, have you might have a shot. Yeah. She should have got away. but Because she takes off running. He kind of has to crawl out of this cave and limp. But he's still, next to it, he still catches her. So I don't know how that happened. But Yeah, that was but it's really, moment. like, my heart was racing. Like, ooh. Yeah, the moment when, yeah, when he says, I'm in the cave behind you. Is I was not expecting that. That was a really good call for so that. So now we get. It cuts back and forth between Daryl killing Melissa, who slits her throat with a machete, Liv finding, sort of wandering up and finding the golf cart sitting there. She stops to eat all the beef jerky that's on it. <laughs> I would too. That's... But then goes to see like, oh, so Daryl's over here. I need to go find Daryl. Daryl is, yeah, Daryl kills Melissa and then he's sort of crawling away. And we have Teddy. He's on the walkie talkie. He's like, God, I thought I, Melissa, I thought I heard your voice for a second. And he gives, like, a long speech to her that she'll never hear about, like, I hope that you... So he knows, he knows what's going on, obviously, because he's like, I hope 
there's a future where you and Walter are together and you're both happy and you don't even think about me. Don't talk about me. Don't remind anyone sad. of this place. I hope you just get out of here and go on, you know, and forget about me because I fucked this up. <laughs> you know, this is all my fault. Liv kills Daryl. Like, he's trying to crawl away from where he has killed Melissa. And she comes up and she, <laughs> she gets the knife and she puts it right up through his chin. And he's, like, screaming at her while she's... It's, that was pretty, yeah because cool. it's not entirely daryl's fault but he yeah, i mean all things considered he has it he does so, yeah and well and she's got to protect herself because he's uh, gonna kill her next yeah, and then Liv just eats enough berries to kill herself like she just lays down and just eats handfuls of berries until she dies so now it's just teddy is the last one remaining we see so we see melissa laying there with the throat cut and then we see a white gloved hand with like a red sleeve we can't see much of it. Come in and sort of grab Melissa by the hair and drag her away. That was... And we're like, what the heck is this? And then... I'm like, are we getting answers? That was what I thought. An answer, sort of. It's not in any way satisfactory. But so we see... So Teddy is, you know, he's crawling along and limping along. And he's doing whatever he can to get that last stretch. And then he looks up and he's at the movie theater. He's not in the field anymore where he was. He's like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And we're like, what the fuck is this? Uh-huh. He walks in and the place seems to be empty. He's like, hey, is anybody here? Like, I made it. <laughs> How am I here? What is this? And the usher comes out. And it's this, I don't know, it's just this guy. He's not like super creepy or anything, but he's just a guy. He's in the old timey usher, you know. And he's like, well, yeah. everybody got here before you. You know, he's like, oh, you've seen Melissa? And he's like, yeah, I've seen her. <laughs> he's like, what does that mean? And he says, like, well, the trail has many ends, and hers is a different end than yours. And Teddy starts crying. And he's like, well, your picture show is about to begin. Or enjoy your picture show, like yeah. I said at the beginning. So, again, it ties that, but I don't. What, what is it? It was just it? a weird, the yeah. From the town back in the 40s was some kind of devil man who led the town astray by showing them the Wizard of Oz. And, but for what purpose? And yeah. why? Why has he come back now? What is he doing? Is he protecting a secret? What's happening? Yeah. It's a little dis. As far as resolutions go to all of this after all this build up it's pretty disappointing mm-hmm. <laughs> but so teddy goes sits in the theater we get this brief flash when the projector first comes on of all these ghosts sitting around him like the, all the old people friar their ghosts some of them are like all messed up mm-hmm. but just for a quick quick second we see their ghosts sitting in the theater with him but otherwise he's all alone and this movie starts and it's melissa in hell i guess it's, yeah the special effects aren't great i mean it's a low budget movie but it's her, like, I don't know, she's, like, Scream. thrown into a yeah. tree, kind of. Yeah. Like, lightning in the sky, and it's, like, all dark. And, but she's saying, I don't know most what she says, but it ends with her saying, like, this is our home now. This is our, you know, this is our home. Ugh. And he's crying and screaming, and blood starts coming out of his eyes. Like, he's watching. It's all, it's, it reminds me of the end of, uh, in the Madison. But, yeah, so I guess they all went to hell? Is, the is that the end? I, yeah, I don't, or just Melissa and the rest of them, we don't know? Well, I mean, Teddy and Teddy's in his now. own hell? They all kind of went to their own. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what any of it means <laughs> or why any of it happened. But I enjoyed enough of the movie leading up to that. Me too. To still recommend it. I think it's, yeah, for a half a million dollar movie, all the performances are really good. The, yep. Like, there's no, like, weak link, like, ooh, that's a bad And, I mean, it was genuinely scary. I was genuinely scared. I wasn't, like, it wasn't scary. Like, I don't like it when shows are scary just for the gruesomeness. Like, there was a, a really good plot behind it as far as being lost in the woods and going on this journey to try and 
find out what happened to these people in the 40s. I thought that part was, was good, and, and the scary parts were, I was scared. Yeah, it's not super gory. There's brief little moments of gore, which kind of, that makes those moments more effective because you haven't, it hasn't been splattery gore the whole time. Mm-hmm. There's no jump scares. It's, you know, it's much more atmospheric and sort of this building sense of dread of like, you know. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yes, very effective. Up until that last, yeah, that last bit. Otherwise, a big recommend for me, surprisingly. Yeah. Maybe that I hadn't really heard of. So. Yeah, I'd never heard of it either. So that will do it for Yellow Brick Road. It was that time of the episode where we press the magic button. Next week's movie chose completely at random. Press the magic button now. Next week's movie is... Oh! Well, you missed out. You missed out by one. Occasionally I get good movies. Very rarely I get mm. great movies. I got a great movie. Next week's movie is The Lord of the Rings. <gasps> the Fellowship of the Ring. The first Lord of the Rings from 2001. It is on HBO Max. Assuming you don't already own the DVD or Blu-ray or something like most people do and should. But if you don't, it's on HBO Max. Uh, a tremendous movie. Yes. So Tremendous. Good word. That will be interesting. It's a high caliber for this show. That's a That's a high class joint. So... <laughs> Otherwise, that's exciting. Sorry for the baby sounds. <laughs> Where can people find you, my dear? Instagram. What am I, Brenka Chica? Am I that? Or am I Carrie Valerice? Mm-hmm. I don't remember. On Instagram, <laughs> I am Brenka Chica. B R E N K A C H I K A. Carrie Valerice. I am Patty Weinberg78. The show is That's so Random. <laughs> The show has an email address, that's a random pod at gmail.com. Artwork for the show by Joe Humphrey, who is at Mr. Joe Humphrey on Twitter. Go check out his stuff. In case you missed the announcement last episode, I am now also the co-host of a show called Midwest Movie Maniacs with a fellow named Damien. So if you aren't tired of my voice yet, you can find more of me there. Never get tired of your voice. Most likely show all horror movies. Uh, what do we got going on? We did uh, Bloody Murder 2, we did Wolf Creek 2, and we got some surprises coming up. Future movies, good ones, bad ones, who knows ones. So you can find me over there as well. And I think that's it. That's it. I'll do it for this week. Until next week for Lord of the Rings. Man. Man, that's. What a lucky pull. I not... Oh, I missed it by a week. You did. How, How many have... have I done now? How many have you done now? I don't know, we'll have to go count. Let's see. You did, well, the first two. You did Dark Crystal and $2 Better. Mm-hmm. You did... It's a Wonderful it's Life. A wonderful Life commentary. Something in the Woods. Um, I did the one with Jeffrey. Didn't we do that together? Oh, yes, the Eddie's Million Dollar Eddie's Cook-off. Million Dollar Cook-Off. The Scarapist. Scarapist. And the bonus episode for that. Yep. And John Badzabine commentary you were on as well. So, so this is my ninth? Eighth. Eighth. Not bad. Not bad at all. More than most. You gotta always catch up to Chris. I know, but you you and Chris are my favorite combo. You guys have such a great dynamic. It's fun to listen to. Anyway, until next week for Lord of the Rings. I'm very excited. Uh, That'll do it for this week on behalf of Carrie and myself. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye.